FA Cup winners 2020. It's the Arsenal. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media. As ever, I am your host, Harry Simu, and I am fucking buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Wow. Um, FA Cup winners again um, for what, a fourth time in six years? Is it? Is that right? 2014, 2020, this six years. Yeah. Fourth time in six years. Incredible. And We've done it at the back end of such a terrible season in so many ways. A manager sacked. We've had three different coaches take charge of the team. We've finished eighth in the league, which by our standards is pretty abysmal. We've struggled throughout the Premier League campaign. We've had injuries. We've had uh, things going on behind the scenes, as Mikel Arteta has alluded to. There's been so many problems at the football club this season. But somehow we've managed to finish the campaign off with an FA Cup victory. And you can't help but be delighted. And and it it doesn't cover up all the crap that's gone on already. And it doesn't mean that, you know, everything's fixed and that we're the finished article and that we should get ahead of ourselves or carried away. But how can you not be buzzing? How can you not be buzzing after such a disastrous, horrible, um, stressful season to top it off winning the FA Cup? it just gives us that upper hand again, doesn't it, over so many of our rivals, in particular that lot down the road. He was celebrating a flipping UEFA uh, Europa League qualification place the way they were. And then Arsenal going out shining by winning the FA Cup. And guess what? You fucking assholes, we're in the Europa League as well now. And we don't have to go through the qualifying round. So Arsenal have got one over Spurs once again. Um, and... You know, aside from that, though, forget the tribalism, put that to one side. When you think about what this means for Mikel Arteta's reign, it was for me, that's why I was so desperate to win it. It was about giving Mikel Arteta that push, that boost um, and giving him a bit of a catapult in terms of, first of all, his uh, ability to spend this summer, which is, of course, impacted by Arsenal being in Europe and the fact that there's likely to be more money on the table. It also gives him more clout in terms of going into the boardroom and demanding uh, because he's delivered a trophy. He's delivered silverware. The belief um, that his players will now have in him, and I'm sure they've had it for a while, but it seems to be growing all the time. The likelihood of keeping Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has increased, in my opinion, dramatically. So there are so many positives. And this FA Cup win has almost lifted us out of a sort of ditch that we dug ourselves into throughout the course of the season. You know, had we not won the FA Cup, it would have been looked back at as probably one of our worst ever seasons. And in terms of the league campaign, there is still a lot to be uh, answered for. There is still lots of poor performances, lots of problems, lots of issues. And this doesn't paper over the cracks. But what it does is it just gives us a bit of a boost and a, a kick up the backside as we prepare for next season now. And we prepare for next season with a new um, thing of confidence, um, with a buzz. And as fans, you know, we, we've deserved that. It's been such a tough, tough um, sort of few, you know, a few months even. Um, it, it's been really, really hard. And, and of course, 
there was the coronavirus stuff as well, which paused the season, which made it difficult. Managers unable to work with their players in close quarters. There was just, just so many factors. To finish the season the way we have is truly remarkable. And where we've questioned the fight and the belief and the desire of some of these players, um, you know, I think it's it's been proven that we were wrong. You know, it's shown that when a manager who knows what he's doing comes in and sets the team up in a right way and, you know, gets people's belief, gets people on board, tactically susses out what his opponents are going to do and what weaknesses they have and exploits them, what a difference it can make to that group of players. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable unfucking believable and I'm absolutely buzzing. Let's go on to talk about the game. We'll come to your comments in a little bit. A big hello to everybody who's watching us um, and a big hello to everybody who's watching or listening to this back later on as well. Um, you are all so welcome and I thank you all for tuning in and for supporting the show um, as always. Right, let's start with the team selection. Um, I went with a team that was pretty similar um, in the build-up to this game, for those of you that watched the preview, the only difference I had was I had um, Ainsley, Maitland, Niles, and I had Saka um, on the other side. So I was wrong there. Um, of course, Maitland, Niles played instead of Bukayo Saka on that left-hand side. Maybe some question marks about that. Um, some people probably would have liked to have seen Bukayo Saka, but Ainsley, Maitland, Niles, again, done a fantastic job. And the Chelsea side... Um, the one wrong thing that we had in the preview was we had uh, Willian in there instead of Pulisic. But of course, uh, it came to light that Christian Pulisic was injured um, in the lead up to the game in the training session. So he was unable uh, to take part. That's why Pulisic played. Now, I thought we started the game very flat-footed. I was going to say a little flat-footed, but we started the game really fucking flat-footed. We were really, really poor. Um, everything was too slow. Um, we weren't dealing with the runs in between the lines from some of the Chelsea players, in particular Pulisic. And I'm going to show you an example of, of what sort of kept happening in the early stages of the game and what made it so, so difficult for us. You had Arsenal trying to press quite high and a lot higher than they have been pressing um, in some of the bigger games lately and much higher than they pressed against Liverpool, much higher than they pressed against Manchester City. And you saw that Xhaka and Ceballos were doing a lot more of that than they normally do. But what Chelsea were doing when they were picking up the ball um, from the midfield, when the turnovers were happening, was Pulisic was sort of making runs into here. Mount was doing the same. And you just instantly, you, you started to see those passes um, from the likes of Jorginho, um, into, you know, into Pulisic, into Mount. And once they're sort of, you know, on their bikes and, and they're off and they're going, it becomes a, a, a real problem, you know? It becomes a real issue. Um, you, you start to have trouble dealing with it. You start to have trouble picking up the runs and, and it was constantly a problem for us. And I can't get my arrows to work here. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's me. Let's see. Let's have a quick look. Bear with me, guys. Sorry about this. If you're listening on audio, you're probably thinking, what is he bloody on about? Uh, there we go. There we go. A little bit of a free line. How do we undo those? Uh, undo. There you go. Right. So as I was saying, 
Um, Chelsea were picking up the balls in these sort of areas when the turnovers were happening. And Pulisic and Mount, they were they were making runs into these sort of areas. And Kovacic was able to pick out those passes um, and into Pulisic as well. And once those players turned, um, they were literally on their bikes and they were running at the Arsenal defence. They also had the option of doing this, um, you know, which was really, really um, effective as well. Jorginho into Giroud. And Kovacic into Giroud and then Pulisic and Mount getting up close to Giroud, who was then laying balls off to them, turning and going himself. And you saw it was just in between the lines. It was this area sort of all around here that Arsenal just couldn't couldn't live with Chelsea in the early stages of the game. There was too much of a gap between Xhaka Sabayos and the defence. And obviously that was a deliberate tactic by Arteta to push the team up, but it became really, really problematic for us um, and a real, real problem. So. You know, we, we had to come to grips with that fairly early on. And we did, um, fortunately. I think after the drinks break was the real, real turning point for Arsenal. And Arsenal were playing the ball out from the back, really. You know, we, we talk about that a lot and we talk about the risks that are involved in it. But you would often see sort of Arsenal defenders pulling into these sort of positions, holding out here, Bellerin here, uh, Maitland-Niles here. And what that was doing, it Chelsea's midfield were pushing forward um, and you were getting... Reese James was pressing up there as well. And what Arsenal exactly wanted to do is Chelsea brought their whole team forward. Lacazette dropped into the hole. What Arsenal were, were looking to do all the time was to isolate Cesar Azpilicueta. And whether that be with Ainsley Maitland-Niles making the run um, or Aubameyang making the run, there was those balls, weren't there, that were coming from sort of Tierney, direct, uh, for, or from David Lewis or from whoever that were into these channels around here. And Aubameyang, unbelievable pace, gets in behind, wins Arsenal the penalty. And there you go. Arsenal back in the game after a really, really poor start. So tactically, I think Mikel Arteta got it really spot on. I think there were risks to the way that he played in the sense of asking us to play out from the back as close to our goal as we did. But it's part of the process. It's part of inviting players onto you and inviting teams onto you so that you can get behind them, get beyond them, and you can cause them problems. So I thought that... You know, it worked really, really well. I thought it took a bit of time for us to get to grips with the game, for us to wake up, for us to get onto the same sort of pace as Chelsea. Because, as I said, they started really, really well. But we hung in there and, and we were resilient. And then we managed to get our act together. And once you once you ride out that initial storm and you start to get on top, you know, we had a few really good moves. The one that Pepe put in the back of the net. Fantastic finish, by the way. Unfortunately, the goal was ruled out. Uh, but you started to see Arsenal come back into the game. You started to see Arsenal take control and dictate the game. Unfortunately, we got the penalty after Cesar Azpilicueta pulled down Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. There's been lots of debate around whether uh, Azpilicueta should have been shown a red card. In my opinion, he should have. Um, you know, people will say that Rudy, uh, was it Zuma was coming across. Ultimately, Aubameyang, if he gets on the end of that ball, in my opinion, he's got enough time to get a shot away. Therefore, he's denying a goal-scoring opportunity for me. Um, so, you know, I, I would have liked to see Cesar Azpilicueta go. He didn't. Um, he ended up leaving the pitch a little bit later on through a hamstring injury. Um, and then, obviously, half-time came and Arsenal were in the ascendancy. Arsenal were on the up. Arsenal were the better side. Arsenal had come back having gone a goal down and we'd started to take control and, and dominate proceedings. And then, of course, um, the the, the, the half-time break came. 
Probably at a bit of a bad time for Arsenal because I felt we were really on top at that point. Second half begins and Chelsea came out again um, with a real impetus and they carried a lot of threat. And again, we kept seeing Christian Pulisic getting into these sort of areas. And we were slightly fortunate that, you know, when he went through on goal, there was one period in the second half where he went through on goal and he's sort of around this sort of position on the edge of the box and he goes to fire one towards the far corner and he just... I don't know what exactly happened, but he's pulled a hamstring, I believe, and he's gone down and they lost Pulisic as well, who was a really, really key, key player for them. And that, you you cannot deny, had an impact on the game. And, you know, yes, some things went Arsenal's way. Um, it happens, you know, it happens in football. We've had many games where they've gone against us, so we take it. But you've still got to take your opportunities as Arsenal Football Club, um, you know, and, and thank God we've got, one of the top, top strikers in the game up front because Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, um, you know, sensational once again. And what I really loved about the second goal in particular, and, you know, I, I, I shit you not, this is no word of a lie. I was sitting there um, with with my dad and my brothers and we were watching the game and I literally, there was a chance slightly before where Lacazette had played the ball across to Aubameyang and Aubameyang tried to cut back inside and he lost possession. And no word of a lie, I turned around and I said to everyone, he's got to when he receives that ball. He's got to go on the outside. The defender expects him to come inside. It's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. We all know he's right-footed. We all know he wants to shift it onto that right foot. Just once in a while, vary it. Go on the outside. Do it. And he did it in the next opportunity. I'm not taking credit for what Aubameyang done, but I'm saying it was something that was driving me mad because you know that the defender's always going to try to show him outside and it just gives him that extra bit of room. And he'd done a, a wonderful little sort of turn away from Kurt Zuma. And then from there on, the finish was wonderful. Willy Caballero comes out. It's a little dink over uh, the Argentinian goalkeeper and Arsenal a 2-1 goal to the good. And Yes, the celebrations were great and we, you know, we all went mad and we absolutely loved it. But the thing is that previously with Arsenal, you're, you're sort of worried, aren't you? You never believe that we can hold the lead. And this might sound arrogant and, and it's not to say I wasn't nervous during the game because I absolutely was. I was shitting it. I haven't felt like that during a game of football for quite a while. Um, but you 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 had the impression that this Arsenal team were going to hold on. And that is a testament to the defensive work that Mikel Arteta has done and the improvement of some of the individuals. Uh, and as a team, how f much more organised and uh, sort of resilient and stubborn we are. And, and that is a, a testament to the work that we've been doing because I really, really didn't, to be honest, at m many, if any, points, feel like Chelsea were going to come into the game. Mateo Kovacic was dismissed and that obviously swung things even further in Arsenal's favour. And at the end of the day, look, there's there's no argument. It, it wasn't a second yellow card. It wasn't even a foul probably. And, and of course, Jack has gone down. He's got his opponent sent off, which I'm cool with because the stakes are high. It's Arsenal versus Chelsea, etc., etc. But Chelsea will feel aggrieved about that, but they can't, in my opinion, feel aggrieved about anything else. They can't feel aggrieved about the penalty. And then we'll come on to talk about the Martinez incident as well, where he looked like he may have um, sort of handled the ball outside of his penalty area. Actually, the conclude the proper replays, not the photoshopped crap ones that the Chelsea fans are uh, putting out on Twitter. Um, 
you know, he it was on the line and he was fortunate because I, I must admit I had my heart in my mouth and I thought he'd fucked it right up there. Um, and I was concerned, but it was on the line and that counts as part of the penalty area. So, yeah, some things did go for us. We did get the rub of the green. Chelsea had some really unfortunate injuries. Kovacic was sent off after, I have to add, uh, Arsenal had taken the 2-1 lead. But the truth is Chelsea weren't good enough. And Frank Lampard said that to his credit. I'm not really a big Frank Lampard fan uh, in terms of his management, but he seems to be a good guy. Um he seems to be a good guy and he seems to be a humble guy and he seems to be an honest guy. And I really like that because he could have made more of some of the decisions. He could have made a big song and dance about it in the media after he did mention a couple of bits. He mentioned the Kovacic thing. He mentioned the fact that VAR probably should check second yellow cards as well, which is a fair point and one that I completely agree with. But other than that, he did give Arsenal credit and he did talk about how his side weren't good enough. So that was, you know, refreshing to see from a manager who's just lost obviously um you know uh, such a such a big game uh talking about Aubameyang's second goal I, I almost forgot but I can't not mention Hector Bellerin's part in that because that was the Hector Bellerin that we all love to see isn't it the Hector Bellerin that we all remember the Hector Bellerin that picks up the ball and carries it and drives forward uh, and it and it just causes mayhem and chaos when he does that and and Hector Bellerin under Mikel Arteta seems to uh, sort of more often drive into this sort of infield position like that and he just started a little bit more slightly infield and obviously Pepe is holding the width at that time and it just allows him to to make that run doesn't it just straight through the heart of Chelsea's side and when the ball uh you know breaks to to Nicolas Pepe here um he's able to pick out Aubameyang over on this side and he does his bit past Kurt Zuma and chips it into the back of the net. So, you know, Hector Bellerin making those runs is 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 really effective. Um, and as I said, you know, he's he's allowed to do that because of the sort of system that we're playing. Because Pepe is giving him the width on that right hand side. Um, you just saw Bellerin sort of just drive down here, didn't it? And then tackle came across, as I said, fell to Pepe, Aubameyang, bang, back of the net. And it's you know, it, it's so nice to see him playing a crucial role because he's sort of been off the boil for quite some time now, um, you know, and that was just proof of what he can do. I thought he defended pretty well as well, if I'm honest, if I'm, um, you know, I, I don't think there was an Arsenal player that had a bad game, really. Um, I thought one player had a questionable game, which I'm going to come on to in a minute. Really, really concerned. Uh, by what I saw from him at certain points in the game. And that is Rob Holding. I just think he's just not right. Uh, you know, he's just not an athlete. He's just not physical enough. He's just not quick enough. It's a little bit slow, lacks sharpness, and it's a real, real problem. Um, a couple of other players whose individual performances I want to shout out. Nicolas Pepe, sensational yesterday. Again, started the game really, really poorly. Um, but I thought, once he got a sort of a few bad touches out of the way, he was really, really effective, kept drifting in field, causing Chelsea problems. Some wonderful deliveries towards the far post areas, a couple of decent shots as well. Um, and Nicolas Pepe is, uh, was really improved yesterday and I, I really, really enjoyed that. Granite Xhaka, I thought after the first 15 minutes, he was excellent. I thought Danny Ceballos was excellent throughout. Maitland-Niles and Bellerin, I've already spoken about how good those two were. 
David Lewis, again, excellent. Kieran Tierney, excellent. And David Lewis had a hard task on his hands because he had the physical nature of Olivier Giroud to contend with, who's a handful at the best of times. And David Lewis just did brilliantly, in my opinion, uh, to stop Chelsea utilising Giroud as much as they could have. He was constantly on his heels, constantly coming into the back of him, making life difficult for him to, you know, to chest the ball down, to provide layoffs. And when Juru drops deep, often nobody goes with him. But when you've got three centre-halves, David Lewis has that licence and he can do that. And he can follow Juru around the pitch and, and make it. If you can't stop him getting onto the ball, you can at least make it difficult for him. And, and, and David Lewis did that extremely well, in my opinion. We've got to talk about the post-match celebrations. Um, no doubt about that. I thought, um, I, I, I thought that Aubameyang made a right tit of himself with the FA Cup. I don't know what on earth he was doing there. I think he thought that the base wasn't supposed to come off and he thought he'd broken it. So he tried to salvage it and carry it and he bloody dropped the thing. How embarrassing. Um, but you know what? We'll forgive him because he won us the FA Cup, didn't he? Um, you know, two goals in the semi, two goals in the final. He's been sensational. Deserves a lot of credit. Um, does Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And fingers crossed... He will stay in. And to come on to that subject, I'm certainly a lot more confident that he will now. Um, positive noises coming from Mikel Arteta all the time. Um, Aubameyang wouldn't be drawn on it. But I think that's just because negotiations are going on. He probably doesn't want to, um, you know, to concede anything in the press. I'm sure he's trying to get the best deal possible. His representatives are trying to get the best deal possible for him. And so he's obviously going to remain tight-lipped. I've seen some people saying, why was Mikel Arteta so positive and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang wasn't? I don't really buy into that. I just think Arteta was being positive and Aubameyang's just remaining tight-lipped. And it's as simple as that. Um, you know, I, I don't read into it any more than that. I think he has a very, very good opportunity or uh, to, to have this team built around him now um, to continue progressing for Arsenal to continue progressing with him on board um I think that from a footballing perspective I think he believes in Mikel Arteta I really do um some of his social media posts highlighted last night what a wonderful relationship those two have and the belief that Mikel Arteta has brought to the group and the belief that the players have in him so I think that he is likely to stay um and fingers crossed the deal gets done because it will be massive for us you win the FA Cup or Bamiyang signs it's just such a big you know, it's a big lift going into the new season. And, you know, we may not be able to go out and spend hundreds of millions of pounds this summer, but keeping hold of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang would be as, if not more, um, significant than going out and buying a 50, 60 million pound player. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my take on that. I, I'm hopeful that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will still be an Arsenal player um, next season and the season after that, and the season after that, hopefully. Um, what else did I want to touch on? Mikel Arteta. Well, what can I say about this guy? He's just, for me, he's been sensational. He's been so good. And it's not just about the tactics. It's not just about the results. It's about the it's about the aura that he's brought to the club. It's the, There's a confidence in Mikel Arteta that you can see it. But it's not an arrogance. It's a confidence in what he's doing, the work he's doing, and that the players are going to undertake his instructions and do things the way he wants them done. And there's a confidence in his methods. There's a confidence that if the players do what he says, 
they will stand a, a wonderful chance of getting results. And that confidence is going through to the players. Um, it's clear. You could see from the celebrations after how much it meant to Mikel Arteta from an individual standpoint, which was great. Young managers, hungry, he's determined to prove himself, make a name for himself. Um, but you could also see that that is transmitting to everybody else as well. And I absolutely adore him. I, I think he's done a wonderful job so far. I know the results have been a little bit up and down and here and there in sort of in the Premier League. But in terms of the basics that he has instilled and the fact that we are able to go into bigger games and come out with positive results, I just feel like, you know, I just feel like he, he, he's, a, he's the best thing that's happened to this football club in a long, long time. Absolutely love him. Absolutely adore him. Um, and uh, yeah, can't wait to see more. Can't wait to see him have a full season in charge and hopefully he gets the backing and the support from the club that he needs to go out and and, and do the deals that he wants to. Um, what else have we got here? Let's have a quick scroll through the comments um, before we uh, sign off. We're going to be back on Monday night, 9 p.m. We're going to be bringing you the fans podcast where you can interact. You can come on the podcast. Uh, live, all you need to do is you need to DM us um, at Chronicles underscore AFC um, and we will send you a link back for which you can click into and come and join me live. And we'd like to have as many of you uh, on throughout the hour or so or whatever it's going to be. Um, we'll get as much reaction to the FA Cup final victory as we possibly can. I'm fucking buzzing. Um, I've had a wonderful um, weekend as a consequence of it. I've sat and chilled out today, watched it back a couple of times, um, had a few drinks in the garden, just enjoying the weather, lapping it up and, and really enjoying it. And I'm not going to lie, I have a blow-up FA Cup trophy in my car that I've been uh, taking around with me everywhere I go. So, uh, yeah, a bit embarrassing. Maybe I'm a bit old for it, but who cares? It's Arsenal's 14th FA Cup victory. What a club. Um, right, let's quickly go through some of your comments. Uh, Hamoud Abouker says, Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Indeed, my friend. Hendon Gunas says, 10% of all FA Cup wins. Um, wonderful. Uh, Callum Ferguson says, Kieran Tierney is the man. Tejas says, my manager, Mikel Arteta. Um, Jack the River says, get in, Harry. Get in, mate. Wonderful stuff. Absolutely buzzing. Um Matthew D'Souza says, I really didn't fancy us when I saw the draw for the last four. When will I learn to stop writing us off in the FA Cup? Look, it's, it's our competition. I said it in one of the build-up shows. Um, you know, sometimes certain clubs have a certain affiliation and an aura about them when they go into certain competitions. And it does play on their minds in terms of boosting their confidence. It also plays on their opponents' minds, I think. Liverpool in Europe, for example, is, is one of those things, isn't it, where you would never back against them sort of thing because they are so effective in that competition. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Omar says, my voice is gone. I'm still hangover from the celebrations. Proud of my football club. Uh, Ashijit says, Oba has dropped more trophies than Tottenham have lifted in a zillion years. Uh, Tawana says, how is the hangover, Harry? Arsenal's 14th, third over Chelsea, uh, whilst they wore the home shirt with the number three. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Yeah, uh, look, I wasn't madly drunk last night i had a few drinks to celebrate but then i came home and watched the game again so yeah i wasn't overly 
um, smashed. I'm too old for that. The recovery time is just too long for me nowadays. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Francis Ginadu says, funny Mourinho said we have nothing to celebrate as Mourinho for using it. Uh, sour grapes as always. Uh, Dave Atkinson says we have had a wor our worst season in 25 years and we still have won a trophy and still Tottenham win. Fuck all. London is red. Absolutely. Uh, why not? Says big up Harry. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, Don Juan says we beat City, Liverpool, United and Chelsea. Not bad. Um, Tejas says defeating Corona, managing Xhaka, benching the most expensive player, lost his goalkeeper, multiple centre-back issues and big up Mikel Arteta. And you mentioned Granite Xhaka there and I want to just quickly touch on Granite Xhaka because I was delighted to see him with the FA Cup trophy in his hands yesterday. Absolutely fucking delighted. Yes, I've backed him more than most. Yes, I thought that the treatment um, of him by some of the fans was poor and it was bad. And I, I thought that the fans were e fans were equally uh, to blame for the incident that took place. You cannot help but commend his mental strength and, and his attitude because he's come back and he's been sensational. Yeah, he has a few moments here and there, as does everyone. Um, and particularly when you're being asked to play in the way that we're trying to play at the moment. But come on, like even his biggest sort of, I don't want to say haters because he's an Arsenal player, but even his biggest sort of critics have to admit that this guy's turnaround has been sensational and he deserves a lot of credit. If for nothing else, then that at least. Uh, Tommy says, come on, you gunners. Um, Tofa says, I'm still celebrating. Uh, Matt Gray says, such a great result. Hopefully this means more cash to spend on transfers and European football makes us a more desirable destination. Feeling good. Absolutely. Uh, Archie says, Championes. Um, Robles says, hi. Hey, dear mate. Welcome. Um, see what else we've got here. Apologies, guys. I've, there's so many comments. I'm just trying to pick out some bits and pieces here um, as we go through. Um, Kartik says, before the game, I honestly thought win or lose. That wasn't the case with the Europa League final last year with Emery. That felt like a short-term fix. Um, oh, so much, so many comments coming through, guys. Apologies, I'm just trying to uh, scroll through these, um, before they disappear. Um, Barry Sacconi says, You can see the difference with Arteta, the way he greets the players, it's similar to what Klopp does. There does seem to be that connection, doesn't there, that Unai Emery never had, and I don't think anyone can question that, he just never had it. Um, Azan Ahmed says, you were right about Shaka. He's proven himself to be an excellent player. Um, what else have we got? Mohamed says, I think we're in safe hands with Arteta. He has made us difficult to beat full stop. Um, what else? I saw a really good question and I can't find it now. Perhaps I'll find it in a minute. Arsenal Granny says that dive by jury was hilarious. That was embarrassing. That was fucking embarrassing. And I'm actually one of those Arsenal fans that quite liked jury and, and, and supported him a lot when people were saying that he wasn't good enough and, and, and things like that. So to see that, I, I was just like, what on earth is going on here, mate? I mean, David Lewis hasn't done anything wrong there. It's just pathetic. An attempt to try and win his team a free kick. Uh, Adam Garner says, to see Martinez so emotional in his interview was a reality check to me of the real difference Arteta has made 
and we feel like we're a big club pride and class back where it belongs yeah um i loved seeing that from um from uh from emmy martinez after the game he's been patient he's stuck around he's been at the club for a long time and it was great to see um you know him sort of just just enjoy the moment and live it and and you know he, he's worked all his career for that and he's finally got there and you can see what it means to him and it's always a great story when you see someone celebrating like that and someone so happy um having reached their goals fully deserved because he has stuck at it when Perhaps people never gave him a chance of playing at this level. Uh, Brad Richardson says the importance of fans really shows when we saw the team celebrating in an empty stadium. Look, mate, it's not ideal. Um, we all know that. I'd have loved to have been there. Um, no doubt about it. But it is what it is. The situation is what it is. And if it prevents even one person uh, from losing their life due to this virus, then it is worthwhile uh, playing the games behind closed doors. I am getting used to it. I am more accepting of it now. I'm finding it easier to get my head around um, the fact that there are no fans in the stadium. It's still not perfect. It's still not great. And actually on on a match of the day, they were showing some clips from a previous, uh, they were doing an analysis, I think. Um, was it on match of the day? I think it was on BBC's coverage of the FA Cup final. Apologies, before the game. They were doing some analysis on Chelsea's set pieces. And there were loads of clips with fans in the stadium. And to me, that just looked fucking weird. Like because we've just gotten used to the other way now. Uh, but fingers crossed it won't be too long before we're allowed back um, back at the Emirates and, and uh, back in the stadium to support our players and our team. Right. That brings me to the end. Um, a massive, massive thank you to everyone who's tuned in live, to everyone who's watched us uh, later on or listened to this back later. We'll be back. Uh, as I said, Monday night, we'll be bringing you uh, the fan show where you can interact with us live. You can join me as well. You can come onto the video call um, and we'll be getting through as many of your comments and as much reaction to the FA Cup final as we possibly can. So I'm really, really looking forward uh, to speaking to some of you guys. So if you are interested, tweet us. It's running across the bottom of your screen at Chronicles underscore AFC. Leave us a DM and we'll be sure to ping you back a link so that you can join us. Um, don't forget, if you want to become a patron and support the show, the podcast is ever growing. We're well on the road to 5,000 subs on YouTube, um, as well as the audience that we have on the audio platforms. YouTube, we're still a bit behind. Um, so I'd love to boost that up and I'd love to hit that 5,000 mark by the time we start the new season. Um, that's the aim. That's the goal. So if you haven't already, please hit that button. Um, audio numbers are still great. Keep keep subscribing, keep reviewing, keep listening. Thank you all so much for your continued support. Not long at a weekend to go, um, but what is left of it, make sure you enjoy it. Spend it with your family, spend it with your friends. If you're alone, then make sure you relax and, and chill out and get ready for the week ahead. Um, thank you so much to you all. Really, really means the world to me um, for you joining us. And uh, we'll catch up tomorrow. Ciao.